I'm Gary Bembridge, and I'm about to get unleashed on brand integrity. This is the Unleashed on Marketing podcast with Gary Bembridge. In each podcast, I draw on over 25 years of experience to look at what we can learn from a new trend, marketing or advertising campaign, or anything else that caught my eye. Visit GaryBembridge.com to contact me. But now, it's time to get unleashed on marketing. L'Oreal have been receiving a lot of negative publicity and comment, generally kind of in the news, on blogs, etc., after being wrapped over the knuckles fairly strongly, actually, by the UK Advertising Standards Authority for a series of TV ads which featured their actress or spokesperson, Penelope Cruz, for the L'Oreal Paris Telescopic Mascara. Now, the ad claimed to make your lashes huge. But in the ad, the actual effect of making your lashes huge was boosted by the actress wearing false eyelashes. Now, if you visit my blog at GaryBembridge.com, you can actually um, look to read the full ASA ruling if you really want to do that. But this time round, and this particular ruling, the fact that the ad was faking it and showing an exaggerated result, and it an exaggerated version of the claim, really seems to have struck a chord with the media. And interestingly, much more so than the what feels actually, when you look back, almost constant string of other rulings on beauty claims of the, over the last year or so. And there have been many rulings about manufacturers in the beauty space over-claiming, over over-exaggerating what their products could do. But in this one, this ad, when they actually faked the claim. They showed it doing something that didn't do. This seems to have really struck a chord. Now, we are yet to see and hear the effect on consumer attitudes towards L'Oreal and the mascara, and importantly, on purchases. I actually suspect, ironically, that the extra publicity for L'Oreal Paris telescopic mascara may actually kind of help sales rather than harm them as much as one would think because the brand and the product has been the subject of acres of press coverage, a lot of comment in blogs, etc. And it's given it basically added brand awareness. So it's really increased the awareness of L'Oreal and of this specific product, the telescopic mascara. Now, consumers largely think of L'Oreal as being a good brand with good products that, that, that work. So it'd be interesting to see whether actually just the overall publicity will actually boost trial and purchase because people aren't disagreeing that the product does give you know a boost to lashes. They're just saying that they kind of faked it a little bit in the advertising. And we have seen the adage that all publicity is good publicity does work in the case of building brand awareness. Now, importantly, we need to understand it's, it works in building brand awareness. The issue is whether it's positive or negative. And we've seen recently, and in fact, I mentioned in a previous podcast, the super brands list of the top 10 brands for sort of 2008, chosen by consumers. And three of those brands had been the subject of a lot of publicity and a lot of comment. In this case, from less than desirable activities. So BA for stoppages and mountains of lost luggage. And they are something like 28 out of every 1,000 passengers' luggage they were losing. It's something ridiculous. Cadbury, the chocolate maker for Salmonella, and um, BP, the petrol company, for their very cavalier attitude to maintenance, leading to safety and environmental disasters. However, 
they popped up in the top 10 brands, making me wonder whether at least if the brand awareness effect helps, just the volume of publicity, you know, because although these brands had done some poor things, consumers overall rated them as fine brands. So actually one transgression over time, although it's kind of a big issue, because fundamentally underpinning it, these brands have good products that actually publicity does in a way help it and the consumer kind of manages to wade between a short-term blip and a a longer-term blip. However, in the case of this transgression by L'Oreal, this really made me think much more. Why was it getting uh, so much publicity? Why was it getting such a reaction? Why was it being discussed so much? And the media especially reacted much more negatively because this was much more of a deception, interestingly versus other rulings on advertising. And it comes on the back of a string of media-led discretions in the UK. So perhaps the media is partly relieved that the attention's away from the media and looking more at manufacturers. And almost they're almost happy that they can report on another industry seeming not playing as honestly as it could. Now in the UK, to put this into context, there's been a string of deceptions and they've been exposed across pretty much all of the main TV channels. The BBC, Channel 4, which is a more sort of alternate channel, ITV, which is the main commercial channel, and Channel 5, which is the second biggest terrestrial commercial channel, really. It may be the third after Channel 4 in terms of viewers, but it's kind of a big channel. Now, each of these companies had basically been dishonest. They've ripped off from premium rate voting and competition lines. And in fact, most of them have had to pull away from those. And you worked out they were generating, you know, 10 million pounds, 20 million dollars of profit in the UK alone for basically ripping people off with, you know, people phoning up um, when they had no chance of winning or whatever. So that's one thing. Through to program makers stretching the truth and actually faking scenes and passing them off as, as real. Um, one of the most most public, of course, was the editing of a documentary about the Queen where she appears to be uh, storming out of a shoot, but it was basically edited um, in a way that looked like that and it wasn't at all true. So the sense of dishonesty, the sense, sense of deception really seems to be striking a bigger note than perhaps a little bit of over-egging claims because maybe fundamentally deep down people know, well, everyone's going to do a bit of puffery and huffery. But no matter the reason, I actually do think that we are about to see a real and very, very important shift happening in marketing driven by consumer attitudes and expectations. And I think this is beginning of a very important trend. You know, many trusted names in the media and now brands are being exposed as playing faster and looser with reality, faster and looser with claims, faster and looser with real performance. And consumers will become less trusting of brands and they will become much more demanding and much more skeptical because what they're finding is some big, well-known trusted brands. I mean, we've seen brands even, you know, brands in the top 10 reputable brands, you know, brands which people thought that you could trust are being dishonest. And they are not going to blindly accept what you're saying. And brands are going to have to work much harder to make sure that they're really doing what they say and really work on building a much more open, trusting relationship with the consumers. I was quite surprised when when the L'Oreal felt justified in using the fake, you know, the use of fake lashes in their statement. This is what they said in their statement. It is common industry practice to make use of some artificial lashes in order to ensure a consistent lash line under filming or shooting conditions. And basically what they were kind of saying is being dishonest is 
just what people do. And I don't think that consumers are going to accept that. They're becoming less trusting of politicians, less trusting of brands, and they're finding when they start to prod and poke that actually they're being deceived. And I think when we look back and reflect on this period, we're going to remember that people running brands, be it anything from the BBC, ITV, L'Oreal, or whatever, you know, whilst, yes, they had their knuckles wrapped, and whilst some new rules were put in place, we're actually going to see it as more than that. We're going to see it as an important catalyst for changing the nature of relationships and openness with consumers. Because a lot of problems we see in the media and claims made from brands do come from the others-are-doing-it mindset. It's okay. We saw the L'Oreal statement. We saw it with premium phone lines. We've seen it with all sorts of things. Others are doing it. It's okay to do these kind of things. And I think this is going to change. You know, people are trying, brand owners, brand groups, you know, they're trying to be one up on the competition. They're trying to improve on the competition. They're trying to outsmart the competition. They're focusing on the competition instead of actually focusing on what's doing right by your audience and doing right by your consumer. And that's what's more important. Instead of, well, you know, other people do that in their advertising, therefore it's okay for me. Other people do this with claims, therefore it's okay for me. But actually, thinking about the consumer. What is right for your audience? What is right for your consumer? And I think increasingly brands that spend time thinking about this, thinking about their consumer, thinking about honesty, they're going to be the winners from this increasingly kind of sordid type of practice. They're going to be the people who build a relationship with consumers and build that trust. Because that, at the end of the day, what's brands about? You know, you, you have to do this to win back trusts. You, you know. And in fact, I think over time, you know, survive. And I think we are going to see a lot more coming out because everyone is much more attuned to looking for lack of honesty, looking for lack of integrity um, towards the consumer. And it does seem that almost every day things keep coming out. Um, you know, in a 24-hour period, when I was first thinking about this, three things caught my eye. British Airways, again, you know, rated top 10 brand. They were fined over, you know, half a billion US dollars, half a billion US dollars by the UK and US authorities for colluding with, you know, its big rival, their huge big rivals, Virgin Atlantic, you know, over fuel surcharges. Admittedly, there was kind of some grounds, you know, you know, there was a lot of cost of fuel, but the two companies, you know, found it acceptable to talk found acceptable to be the levels and timing of these surcharges, which had nothing to do with price in the end. It was really a way of kind of, you know, uh, overcoming an honest competitive battle. Now, Virgin Atlantic in this case, case weren't fine because they blew the whistle, and that's what the rules say. They didn't receive any formal penalties, but, you know, it seems unusual. And I think there was kind of a bad feeling amongst consumers, a sense of, of, of honesty. And it almost shows kind of lack of respect, disregard. And I think People just feel uncomfortable by it. So whilst they may not boycott British Airways, boycott Virgin, there's this underlying sense of, of uncomfortableness. In the same period, same 24-hour period, Fisher-Price, you know, a major toy company, you know, it announced that they're recalling a million toys, um, over 83 different types of toys, because they painted too much lead in. And again, you know, as consumers think, well, hang on a minute isn't safety something that should be completely fundamental? I trust that you, you know, I'm giving you these kids to my toys, shouldn't I trust you? And the other thing I saw which I found very interesting was a story which ran in Ad Age, and it was um, an article written by um, a man, a professor called Lynn Upshaw, and the article was called Integrity in Marketing is Not Optional. 
He's a marketing consultant and he's a member of the Haas School of Business at, at um, Barclay. And he's got a book out which is called Truth, The New Rules for Marketing a Skeptical World. And I've actually got a link to that on, on the blog at GaryBembridge.com. And in this article, and I assume in the book, which I haven't read yet, and I've just got a copy of Arrived and I'm about to read it, but he talks about and he reinforces many of the thoughts that I've been talking about and have been forming in my mind on this whole topic of brand integrity and, and these rules. And he gives examples of companies you know, that are focusing on ethics and they focus on integrity in their marketing, in their advertising, and their claims. And, you know, in that case, he talks about how they're so focused on the consumer that if any employees don't stick to them, they, you know, they're very tough on those. And the thing I found quite startling is, is if you look at some details on this book, which Lynn Upshaw wrote, The Truth and New Rules for Marketing in a Skeptical World. On Amazon, this is what it says, a quote, a recent market research study by Data Monitor concluded that 86% of U.S. and European consumers feel that they have become more skeptical about corporations in the last five years. 86% have become more skeptical. In particular, consumers lack trust in the mainstream media channels and the specifics of product claims. You know, that is a very scary number. And as brand owners, as marketers, we really need to start to work on this. You know, at the end of the day, we largely sell broadly the same products broadly the same features, broadly the same benefits. And actually, brand building is about the relationship and the trust that consumers should be able to have that by buying a brand, they're getting safer and more trustworthy options. And so if you don't have ultimate brand integrity and if you don't ultimately focus on doing the right thing, the honest thing, we don't have brands, surely, because that's the whole point of brands. So I think brand integrity is a really fundamental thing, and I'm going to talk about about it much more on the blog and, and talk about it much more in this and, and forthcoming podcasts, exploring this whole issue of integrity and kind of keeping an eye out for it. But what do you think? What's your point of view? Why don't you visit the blog at um, garybambish.com, visit the show notes on this particular um, episode or look for the articles on brand integrity and leave your comment and, and join the debate on Unleashed on Marketing. You've been listening to Unleashed on Marketing with Gary Bembridge. Why don't you join the debate and get unleashed yourself? All you need to do is visit garybembridge.com and add your comments to the debate on this week's topic. While there, why not read the Unleashed on Marketing blog and sign up for the updates. So join the debate and add your views at unleashedonmarketing at garybembridge.com.